0: Hi everyone and welcome to episode 146 of Final Fantasy Union. I'm your host Daryl and I'm here with Lauren. Hi guys. How are you doing Lauren?
1: I'm doing well. How are you Daryls?
0: I'm feeling more settled now. Are you? Yeah. I feel like we've actually been living in our house for a period of time and it's working It's working well. Like I feel more established.
1: Oh, you feel like you've rooted. You've rooted well, into Well the last the time we did the
0: podcast we literally just moved in yeah. and everything was everywhere. Now things are still kind of everywhere, but they're a bit more
1: There's organized chaos.
0: Yes, it's a bit more organized. Mm. Mm. So yeah, and also like it's been kind of chilled out still really from a final fantasy perspective over the last couple of weeks. So um yeah, it's been it's been nice. We've been able to just kind of get things done and yeah, settle in. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: Anything to add?
1: Not really. Not no? really. No. It was my birthday this week. Which was fun, but other than that...
0: Yeah, we had so much cake.
1: We had so much cake. I literally could not move over how much desserts we had on Tuesday. Far too many. Yeah, way too many.
0: Um, Yeah, so uh, we actually... I mentioned last episode that there was a question that we were gonna, we were thinking about doing, but I decided we were going to do it this episode. So that's actually our only topic <gasps> this episode. Shocking. Um, So yeah, we're going to be talking about which Final Fantasy has had the most profound effect on us. Mm. and why mm. and why um but for you new folks who are listening for the first time final fantasy union is part of a podcast series called final fantasy and kingdom hearts union and is presented by the gaming union network we have a new show every tuesday working in rotation with kingdom hearts union and we come on the itunes store as well as final dot com, and we also have a youtube channel which is forward slash ff union vids hmm. which lauren and i work tirelessly on
1: yes we do very much so we do We've been considering actually opening up a new one if you guys are interested in a YouTube channel dedicated just to the podcasts. We've had some requests actually recently for it.
0: Yeah, I think it's because like the, the we were initially set up the channel to post the podcasts on. But now the channel has grown significantly. The podcasts don't really have a place there anymore. Yeah. So, yeah, I think we are, we are thinking about setting up a second channel specifically to upload the podcasts. Yeah. So there's that separation out there and people who want to listen to them can listen to them.
1: Yeah, definitely. And the people who are on our YouTube channel aren't just like, wait, whoa, whoa, what, what, what is this talking? What, do you guys have opinions? What are you talking about? Like that. Yeah, sorry.
0: Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, uh, we're now going go to go into our Patreon segment. So this is for everyone who has pledged two dollars 50 or more per episode, whom we are eternally grateful to. Yes. So we're going to kick things off with Barry Norton at Notron Zero. Christian Burge. Lewis James.
1: Satya Jayas Dharma at Satria six two five Ruben.
0: Tyson Waldman at Ty Waldman one. Chris Morales. Dustyth Haviv at Dusty Fish seven seven zero.
1: Eric Decker at Choco Taco.
0: Harley Crawley at Dogs at Akami.
1: Jonathan Gonzalez at Oh It's Just Johnny.
0: Josh McNabb at J2K nine.
1: Michael Graham.
0: Thorin Bullen at Masker twenty three.
1: Zach Duranto at Zed Duranto fifty eight.
0: Alex and Rachel Troutman at Akira Name
1: Billy Jackson at Underscore Billy Jackson.
0: Darren Matthews at Doomster73.
1: Jason Rivera at Archadaic
0: Joseph Robertson at Pokemon Trainer J.
1: Julio Carrillo at Dead Demon 225.
0: Keith Field at The Mighty Keith.
1: Mario Herker.
0: Mike Shirley Donnelly at Curious Quail.
1: Mohammed Quayam.
0: Nico Gonzalez at Nick Underscore Knack 95.
1: Perry Ramstead.
0: Rachel Casterton at Urbion Ray.
1: Vitanitas.
0: And Zelda Clone at Apes Type Novels. Thanks everyone. Thank you so
1: much. E hugs to all.
0: And if you are considering supporting us on Patreon, we do a lot of stuff, so we have an exclusive podcast. And we also do giveaways. This last month we gave away a Final Fantasy Fifteen piano collections and Lauren?
1: Uh we gave away a Final Fantasy nine piano collection. Or sorry, yeah, piano collections as well.
0: Two piano collections. Two
1: piano collections. I got in a piano collection mood. And I know for a fact that Christian Burge, like one of his favorite games is Final Fantasy Nine, so I just had to hit him up with some Final Fantasy Nine music there.
0: So yeah, if you all you have to do is just support us on Patreon and you get entered into the giveaway every month. Yes. So on to our main topic of the episode. Which Final Fantasy had the most profound effect on you and why? And this is recommended to us by a patron supporter, actually Josh McNabb. So thanks for that, Josh. Thank you. Um and yeah, it's actually it was a really interesting topic, and it's mm. why I wanted to dedicate pretty much the entire episode to it because I think
1: ooh, you should be so lucky, Jess McNabb.
0: You should, damn right, <laughs> you should. Um, no, but um, it's it's one of those things where I think Final Fantasy games have had different effects on different people. Yeah, and uh, I when I was thinking about this, I wasn't I wasn't too sure actually which which one had the most profound effect on me, um, and I. I guess I'd probably say Final Fantasy X, mm. and I, but it's weird because when you think about profound, it's like I'm thinking like you just kind of take a step back and just think, wow, that was crazy. Yeah, I've never really had that moment yeah. with Final Fantasy games. It's more, it's more being I just kind of enjoyed playing them. Um, I'd say that I had a profound, like kind of feeling after playing Nia
1: yeah yeah that's the thing like when you feel like you've you've played that kind of game then like everything else makes everything else just feel small
0: yeah and like you know the original assassin's creed kind of when that mm-hmm. ended i was just like whoa yeah um especially
1: brotherhood's ending yeah was just like what oh okay that's mass that's Effect fun.
0: probably as well but yeah final fantasy i never really had it never really i kind of really really finished the game and just thought Whoa! That you, just blew my mind.
1: Do you think it's partially because like there's no, there's not a lot of risk in Final Fantasy games? Like, I mean, in in Mass Effect games, you can kill people. Like, you can actually kill people in those games. People I think die.
0: I think it's more about the fact that it was never the storylines in Final Fantasy games are never unexpected.
1: Like the stakes never feel they feel high, but they're like a sort of un. Completely unimaginable high like saving the world it's not like oh my god this is really tense guys this is really uncomfortable I don't know
0: because I mean Nier wasn't like it was just it was the way they did it mm. you know that they maybe just kind of take a step back and just think like wow that's that's really different and yeah. I guess say with near Autometer as well like when I finished that completely I was just kind of thinking what wow what did I just play I mean, kind, of, kind of like just that extra higher level and i don't think the final fantasy games have ever really done that for me like i've really i thought they're great games mm-hmm. but i've never i've never finished a final fantasy game maybe i was too young at the time i don't know because yeah. final fantasy 7 like the story is pretty crazy yeah uh, but I, I don't ever remember kind of just finishing off a game and just kind of sitting back and just thinking wow that was that was that that was just like really something on the next level i just remember thinking that was a really great game
1: You know what game actually recently had a really profound effect on me? And it was a Final Fantasy game, technically. Mobius. In what sense? The end of the uh, second chapter of Mobius. Um, I don't, I mean, obviously, I don't really want to spoil it. I know. um, But like the ending of that where everything happens and like Garland is coming to you and is just kind of like, hey, dude. You know, I'm going to explain things to you. I haven't I haven't picked up the game since then, but I just remember like feeling really emotional after it. I think it's because like you realize that everybody around you is is thinking that they are accomplishing the same goal because everybody around you is identical to you in terms of like the fact that you're all heroes. You're all named heroes. Well, not unnamed heroes. you're all after the same goal but like there's so many of you that will fail
0: so you you said emotional Mm. is that is that kind of how you're judging profound then like or in
1: some cases like it's hard i think like it's hard to say which one had more of a profound effect on me but i can pick out moments that have had profound effects yeah i'd say like from each game
0: i'd say i've been Final Fantasy games are probably the games that I've enjoyed the most. Yeah. And I could say like, you know, when I finished Final Fantasy 8 I just, I felt accomplished. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just felt like, you know, I've, I've really, maybe it's because the packages were so neatly condensed and yeah. there was never really, like, especially Final Fantasy 8 and 7, there was never a, the question of, oh, I wonder what happens next or, yeah. like, there were some unresolved things here. It was everything kind of just neatly wrapped itself up and because they were self-contained entities.
1: The only one that didn't really have that sort of um, feeling for me was like, eight, like Final Fantasy VIII. No, whole but even Squall's that though.
0: But, but that came way off. Though. I mean, I'm talking about when you first finished the game. Yeah,
1: when you first finished the game. I still remember I was in my math class and this kid, I forget his name. But I just remember being in math class and having him just be like, Oh yeah, Squall died at the end? And I was just like, no, did you did you did you play the after the credits bit? Like, did you watch that bit? And he was just like, oh no, he, he definitely died at the end. He definitely died at the end. And I was just like, oh, no, no.
0: He's clearly there on the balcony.
1: Yeah. I still remember that. Sorry. This, that was completely off topic, but no, like, but
0: like, I, I think, yeah, I said the one that probably affected me the most was final fantasy 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the one I've played, replayed the most. Yeah. Um, yeah I mean like it was the one where at the end I think because when you when you think back to it and you I know that Titus gets a raw deal in terms of like he's annoying he's this he's that he's blah 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 but I still think he's one of the best protagonists they've ever had in terms of what he actually stood for Mm -hmm. and the sacrifices he made and it it was the first time really where yeah at the end of the game he'd gone Mm. like in the other in the other ones I said it all perfectly resolved itself Mm. Um, I mean, Final Fantasy 7 was kind of like, "Yay, his planet saved!" Blah blah blah. But then they just kind of let you figure out what happened to other things. Final Fantasy 8 they had the nice cutscenes at the end. Final Fantasy IX, they had the nice stuff at the end. Final Fantasy 10 it was just like, "Oh, he's he's gone." And it was it was the first time I'd have cried at the ending. Yeah, because it was so emotional. And I was actually just sitting with a group of my mates when we were all playing it. We were all just bawling our eyes out. No. And um, yeah, so i I'd, I'd say that one probably had the biggest impact on me in terms of like we were just kind of sat there and we're just like okay um pull yourself together no um I think for me
1: that one also kind of had the biggest twist like with um the whole like Yevin being evil and everybody sort of turning against you in uh via Perifico like I think that really like was unsettling for me um Especially since, like, you go through the whole game and everybody's, like, helping you and then all of a sudden, like, Isaru comes out of nowhere and is just like, yeah, I'm I'm gonna stop you now. I'm gonna try and own you with my Bahamut. It's
0: like, sorry about it, but, you know...
1: Like, that was... There's there's so many bits in Final Fantasy X that I can think of that I just was like, wow yeah actually that's really crazy, and it was the first one that also really had a lot of like social issues challenged, like I mean the racism as far as um Bed and waka goes like it really had a sort of um commentary on real life um yeah it
0: was the one that had the, the probably the biggest uh um, like sort of tie in well with religion as well yeah yeah um, and I think yeah it was it was it... Even the fact that the first time you're playing it, you had to try and collect the Albert primers to yeah. understand what people are even saying. Yeah, because like for the fir- throughout the first playthrough, you have no idea what pe- most people are saying. I know. It's only when you play it through a second time and you've got all the primers that you actually understand what everyone's going on. And about. they've
1: never done that with any of the other games, I don't think. Have no,
0: they? it was it was definitely one where they pushed you to play through multiple times, which yeah. which was good. Yeah. And when you play it through a second time, it, you definitely get a different perspective on things, which. I never really had when I replayed the other ones. It was just kind of like, I'm playing through the same game again. I'm not really learning anything additional that I didn't learn before. No. I'm not gaining any new insights. It's just fun to play again.
1: Yeah. And then also it was nice because it was one of those games where, like, you could see everything from everyone else's perspective outside of Titus. Because, like, obviously when you're playing the first time, you're playing it completely from, like, Titus's perspective you're
0: i like that you're shifting know, between Titus and tiders, know, i'm like. sorry
1: i i know um but you, you're seeing everything from his perspective whereas when you play through it again you see it from everybody else's perspective because you actually know what's going on you have um prior insight into what everybody else is thinking when he's saying what he says
0: yeah why they're behaving and the way they are it's and- kind
1: of like the first it, it's the only one i can think of that sort of has that duality as well because even like Final Fantasy 7, even if you know everything that's going on, everybody around you just behaves as if it didn't really matter. Like, I mean, that's probably the whole idea behind what, what Tifa and Aerith's well, I think it's because- relationship with Cloud is. But you never really, there's never really that duality between, oh, wait, like, you're actually living Zack's life. There's, like, almost no sort of, from what I can remember, I don't I don't really remember there being any sort of hinting that he was Zach in the early part of the there,
0: game i think it when you go to gongaga there's a mm. bit in there um but yeah i think the difference with final fantasy 10 was that everyone knew the end result everyone knew yeah. the outcome except you yeah whereas in final fantasy 7 VII and 8 you're all kind of going on this new journey that's just evolving as you go along yeah everybody's
1: everybody is clueless
0: yeah because like final fantasy 10 Yuno is going on a pilgrimage. It's only when you get right to the end that they realize that that pilgrim is, pilgrimage is a sham. Yeah. But whereas with Final Fantasy VII, it's like, you know, they start off in Avalanche trying to be freedom fighters or whatever. Mm. But that ch- that changes very quickly. But it changes for everyone. It's not like someone in the group has this overall vision of, oh, Sephiroth is in the Northern Crater the entire time. We've got to stop him and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It's just like, no, they, they figure it out as you go along. So they're all as clueless as we are. Yeah. Whereas in Final Fantasy X, it was only Titus that was as clueless as we are. Everyone else knew exactly what was going on. Yeah,
1: and I think that is what separates it from the other games, is that, like, even in Final Fantasy XIII, like, they just don't know... A lot of them don't fully grasp what's going on. I mean... Well, it's pretty much the same in in
0: all of them, because in Final Final Fantasy Fantasy... VIII, it's just like, oh, um, did you know that there's these... the, The Shumi in the basement... Mm-hmm. that are running the garden. like <laughs> by where the, the way where the hell do these random alien things come from and they're
1: holding you ransom
0: and like <laughs> the sorceress in space it's like pretty much none of the characters because they were essentially they only just become seed yeah so they had literally no idea about anything that was going on no. anywhere in the world
1: no no and the people who they had to rely on were pretty useless i mean like Quistus couldn't even like really fully help them
0: yeah and sid was just like useless he's, yeah he's like oh, I I kind of had to make a deal with them but they weren't supposed to exist and like
1: and uh you guys are in charge of the garden now okay thanks bye see you later yep and um yeah so you didn't really have that you didn't have the same feeling as you have with 10 10 is the only one where you're just like okay this is actually really crazy this is yeah I, w-
0: I mean I would say that vanille in Final Fantasy XIII did, yeah. did kind of have an yeah, idea. Yeah, that is... But it, that arc wasn't really written into the story. No. It, you kind of get little hints that she's she's remorseful about something. hmm But like, not it's in not... the same way. Yeah, they, it's not like when you play it again the second time, you just see all these hints in how she behaves.
1: It's different when it's one person versus the whole group of people. Like, the fact that everybody was in for it. Like, everybody knew what was going on except for Titus. Ugh, yeah. Titus. Titus. Titus.
0: Frick. Just, just pick one and go with it. <sighs> I know. I should just do that.
1: But either way, no, I definitely think that one had a really profound effect. But I then I also think that, like, Final Fantasy IX stuck with me for a long time. Especially, like, um, the whole idea about Vivi and, like, only having such a short time to live. Like, I remember just crying so much when I found out that, you know he's not there anymore because he's he's done he's he's lived his life and i just remember being so sad about it because like he was so young when he even started like he was only a baby and he spent most of his life fighting his kind and
0: they've always i mean each of the games has always dealt with kind of bigger issues because even yeah. you final fantasy 9 you've got the whole like garnet severely hates her mom like it's a yeah. mutual relationship for where they yeah. both but when she's gone she's still extremely sad about it yeah and you know you've got Freya who's dealing with uh, the fact that, memory loss and
1: you know alzheimers is like a huge thing like i mean memory uh, being in a relationship and even just dealing with a partner who's suffered a blow to the head like that is such a heavy that's such a heavy thing to deal with and like that Freya is just kind of carrying on with it and desperately trying to help Sir Fratley.
0: I mean, in Final Fantasy IX, it did kind of have that moment when you end up going into space and it's just like...
1: What? What?
0: <laughs> um, I'm a clone. What the hell's going on all here? But
1: I liked I liked the whole idea behind uh, Kuja as well. Like the fact that, you know, he was perfect, but he was imperfect as well. Like, he was the imperfect one, and, like, at the very end of the game, he just became so vulnerable, and, yeah, no, I just, I just really, really liked that about, um, about their characters. I can't remember quite, quite exactly how it went. What was he, like, how did that work again? Like, so they were clones, right? Yep. And Kuja, oh, it was that, it was that they all had a set path, didn't they? They all had a set. They all had a set sort of guide of where they were going to go in life, and Dane was one thing, and Kuja was another, wasn't he? And Kuja was it that Kuja fought fought his path?
0: I don't actually remember. This is weird remember, for me. I remember when What's we going were on? talking
1: about it. Um, I remember when we were talking about it with the Final Fantasy Nine.
0: I know that Kuja thinks he has a lot more control than he does, mm. and that's kind of why he loses it. Yeah. Um Lauren's doing some research right now. Yeah, but I remember yeah, like when when uh you you kind of go to Alexandra and um Garland comes down in his spaceship and it's just like where the where did that come from? But yeah, I think that each of the ge- each of the different games has different issues that they deal with because obviously Final Fantasy VIII has the memory loss thing as well, where they don't even remember the fact that they grew up together um that it's got the whole thing where they're having to fight against um the person who raised them which they also don't really remember either um there's i think each of the games has got different things that kind of separate them out but i I keep going back to final fantasy 10 with the fact that yeah it was probably the one where the ending hit me the hardest Mm. and the way that the game was constructed probably was was the best for me at least in terms of just the fact that i wanted to play it again because the other ones I've never really wanted to play again that much.
1: Yeah, I mean like Final Fantasy Ten is definitely the one that I've played the most. Um I've gone back too. Yeah. Um I've gone back and replayed um quite a few of them now. Um I mean Final Fantasy Six I think was really ahead of its time. Um like just sort of uh, comedy wise and just character uh Character writing wise, because there were just so there was just so much about it that was just so so great. And then I mean, Final Fantasy IV as well had a lot of stuff going on for it with um, Cecil going from a dark knight and then becoming a paladin by the end. Like he has a real fight with his conscience and like what he did in the past, and is really trying to sort of repent for the sins that he caused in the past like it's it lingers on in you really like just that feeling of remorse and of wanting to be accepted even though you've done all of these terrible things
0: yeah and obviously final fantasy 6 has some things as well because you've got celes uh when her yeah kind and
1: of... she's done her terrible things and that's the thing isn't it it's like tara at least she doesn't know what she's done she's like she has like no memory because she was controlled the whole time Whereas Celeste has absolutely full conscience of what she's done, she knows exactly what she's done in the past, and you know she has to live with that.
0: But I didn't ever feel like I know that a lot of people uh, look back on Final Fantasy VI with extremely fond memories. But yeah, when I when I played through it, I I didn't it didn't draw me in as much as other ones had mm-hmm. because yeah, even like Final Fantasy IV, um, I really enjoyed Final Fantasy IV. But Final Fantasy Six it just didn't it didn't suck me in to the point where I I just desperately wanted to keep playing it. Mm. It wasn't like, you know, when you know when you're reading a book and you just yeah. wanna keep you just wanna keep going until you get to the end. Yeah. But Final Fantasy VI, I just kind of I just got I just it, it just petered out a little bit.
1: Yeah. I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that they focused on too many characters. Like the characters were just so many that there were so many arcs that you had to try and follow. Because, like, I mean, you had the whole thing with Locke and Rachel, but then you had the whole thing with Locke and Celeste. And it's just like, okay, this 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 works. And then you have, you know, the whole thing with Edgar and Sabin. And then you have Tara with her own problems. Realm. And then you had Realm. And, um, yeah, like, there was just so much, so much going on that it was just, it just became too much for you to really feel that sort of deeper connection to the characters in my opinion i mean there was a lot of stuff that was really sad i mean um oh what why is his name evading me um describe the, the character <laughs> the samurai um the guy in the castle cyan. is it cyan cyan yeah cyan um I just played this game last year, but like the whole loss of his family and then when you're on the phantom train and you see his family going away, oh that's such a sad moment. But see, then you don't playing... really get to yeah. revisit it that
0: much. When I was playing the game, I didn't even really like it didn't it didn't re- I did didn't even factor that in. I was just yeah. like oh it's the phantom train, okay, cool.
1: Yeah, but you see his little family go by. Like it's it's sad. And then you have the whole part where he goes insane and he um is like just going that crazy
0: i don't know maybe but it was like, the way that final fantasy 6 because a lot of it was quite comedic yeah so even when there were serious things happening it was like they used really funny sprites and like it was just they yeah. just made it funny
1: yeah and maybe that's something to say for the fact that like final fantasy 10 affected us so much was that you could actually like even though the graphics weren't probably terrific by today's standards the fact that you could see the emotions on the characters faces maybe that helped a bit more for you and i like i hate to admit that like you know the 16 bit maybe um damaged your sort of feeling for the characters but like maybe that is part of it part of the reason why you could kind of think like they're well, actual mean, people final
0: fantasy 7's graphics weren't exactly stellar
1: they weren't but i did not feel anything when Aerith died except for no anger. I,
0: I didn't either but but i
1: know that there's a lot of people who did i know that there's but, a lot of people who did i
0: think that the, the story of final fantasy 7 was was very gripping like mm-hmm. for me I, I didn't care so much about Aerith because i didn't use her as a character like if i'd used her as a character i probably would have cared more but She just was a character that I didn't care about. Like, there was nothing about her character that was appealing to me. Mm -hmm. I didn't ever want to use her. I got bored with, like, her being around. She just... just, (laughs) You're a spare. You're a spare woman. Well, I just didn't... She just... uh, People have made comparisons with her and Luna, and I I kind Mm. of agree. It's just, like, she's just so... Everything that she does, just kind of like, oh yeah, she's kind of do this, and then everything will work out fine, and everything's gonna be great and fancy yeah. and blah blah blah. Yeah. And it's just like, no, just... she just didn't seem realistic, almost. No, it was just one of those people that just kind of floats through life, and then things happen. And obviously, when she dies, that you see the the more serious side that she was actually kind of this like super being. Yeah. But before that, it's just kind of like you know you're chasing around a church, trying yeah. to fight or away from the Turks, and like there's not. I guess the, and the way she behaves as well. It's just, yeah, I, I never really, I, I never really connected with her in any way. So when when she was taken away, I was just kind of, like, okay.
1: I think it's something it didn't to change say, anything. Yeah, I think it's something to say for like, for that type of character. Like I like my characters to have a bit of rough edges. I don't like my characters to be like too perfect and nice and happy or, like, that sort of thing. Like, I know that sounds, like, really negative, but, like, I like to have a bit of roughness, which is why I really attached myself to a character like Celeste. Like, she was a good person. She did bad things in the past, but she wanted to be a good person now, and I think that that kind of spoke to me. And, like, with Tara as well, like, I think that she she had a lot of depth to her, even though there there wasn't much that you could sort of get from her because she had no memories she um was still dealing with a lot of stuff inside of her that made me sort of not think of her as a oh you're just you're just some perfect person like Aerith. like i just yeah with Aerith i just i i did feel that way like even in crisis core i was just like you're too you're too perfect like you're just too it's too much yeah
0: everything kind of works out too well
1: yeah, and it's always just like, oh, don't, don't touch the flowers. It's just like, he just like almost stepped on a flower. Like, come on, girl, come on, girl. <laughs> it's a flower.
0: But yeah, I mean, I still can imagine like if if you, if Aerith was a really prominent part of the way you played that game, mm-hmm. and you know she was one of the people that you'd invest a lot of time into leveling up. Yeah. Then yeah, I can imagine that you'd be annoyed. Like it's like you know in some of the games where you've given one of your characters all the experience that you've tried to get, and you've given them all the best equipment you've got, and then suddenly they get taken away. You're just like, well, I'm not going to get that stuff back now. Like, I've just given him all the best stuff. I know,
1: and then all of a sudden, oh no, oh crap. So yeah,
0: because I can imagine if you'd you'd invested a lot of time into Aerith as Mm -hmm. a character then and and she also resonated with your personality then yeah i can imagine that that would have an extremely profound effect on you oh yeah and obviously when you look at the wider industry the the death of erish was a big deal yeah it wasn't a big deal to me though
1: no no not me either i i think probably for me the thing that had the most profound effect on me still and i know it sounds like a, a broken record but like saying it that way still titus's sacrifice I mean, Titus's sacrifice was just so... The fact it's so
0: understated as well.
1: Yeah, like, I mean, he was, like, just had his whole life turned completely upside down by no fault of his own. He was dragged out of his old world where he was pretty much the king of everything and shoved into a world that did not give one crap about him he at all. He is
0: the poster child for character development.
1: Like... They just, you know, you think that he's annoying, but it's just like, he was, imagine, like, being, it's like the transition from high school into college. Like, if you were in high school, I hear this all the time, where, like, you're the king of the school, you were, like, the best in all all of your stuff, you were most popular, you were prom king, whatever, and then you go into college, nobody knows who you are, what you've done, you have to start all over again that is freaking terrifying
0: and from titus's perspective as well you know he's he's had a very difficult child he's especially he's essentially a spoiled brat yeah and then you know he goes from being that to someone who is willing to sacrifice his life
1: yeah and like i mean
0: and his father goes through the same thing as well yeah because you know he by the end of it he he comes into the world like a drunkard he's this horrible guy yeah uh, and then he he is willing to sacrifice himself to become sin
1: yeah so that titus can come back and free him essentially and just free spiro from turmoil that they keep suffering like he he doesn't even like that's the thing as well is that like if you if you negate all of that and then just think about the fact that they don't even know whether or not this will actually work as well, on top of that, because like, if you if you really think about it, like, even though everybody in the story says you know that this this is probably their only only choice to defeating Yu Yevin, they don't actually know for sure. They're maybe like ninety nine percent sure that this is actually going to well, stop I mean, everything. Injects in, in, in
0: inject, since inject like they know it's not going to last. Yeah, and and, and in Titus's, you know, they they take a big risk and. He they pretty much know they that they
1: kill Unaleska as well. Yeah, like, like they They just, go
0: against everything.
1: They go against everything. They have they're still shooting blind. Like they don't know fully what's going on. But Titus is just like, you know what? I'll give up my existence entirely. I know that, you know, I I I don't know the people of Spira. The only person who I knew who was in Spira who I knew from my childhood was my dad, and he's gone, he's sin. Like I, I'm going to kill myself for these people who won't even know my existence except for which is the why stories. I was really
0: annoyed that they brought him back.
1: I know because it just made it seem like it meant nothing.
0: If they hadn't have brought him back, I think his character would have become been stronger as yeah. well because it bringing him back for ten two just really kind of diminished his impact oh it did it just it took away everything that he he did
1: I know that there's so many people who are just like oh but it was nice to have the happy ending but no that it it ruined his character and it ruined Yuna's character as well in 10.2 because she seemed like she was trying to move on. She was grieving about the fact that she lost like her first love. And really. even
0: when she finds out that it's not Titus in the sphere, mm. she just forgets all about him. Yeah. Because she's got something to do, and then at the end it's like, oh Titus is back, it's like great.
1: Yeah. Great. Like but- she finds new focus. She has Vegna gun. She has to save Spira once again. And, like, you know, the sad ending where she basically says, like, you know, I just have to move on, but I know that you're always here, like, in my heart. Like, that is so much more effective, I think, in my, like, sort of mind about Yuna, which is why Will is just a kick in the teeth.
0: (laughs) And it's, I mean, it's also why that sphere with Shuyin in it in the first place was so unsettling, Mm -hmm. because Titus was gone. Yeah, and if he was going to come back, it was it the like if he came back as a different person, mm. like an evil person, yeah, then that would have been that's that's a cool angle. But yeah, yeah. Like, you obviously find out it's not Titus, yeah. and that's fine. Like yeah. it's 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 that was fine, but bringing him back, it just it took away it took away the impact.
1: Mm. I I I honestly like I hate it. I hate it when these big sites. Crap on Final Fantasy X so much and put it so long on their lists because I just think it's so unwarranted. I think the hatred for X at the moment is so unwarranted. I just like you know it's fair enough if you don't like it. Like I mean I'm not I'm not about to put Final Fantasy XII as as the worst game in the Final Fantasy series because I don't think there's really is a worst. But like just the fact that like people think that 10 is so shallow it's like there's there's so much depth there if you are willing to look at it
0: each of them i mean each of the games has a lot of depth exactly and and i guess that's Which the why problem you can't some really ways. rank it because you know with final fantasy 15 on the surface the game like the, del- the delivery of the story was really bad yeah and i don't think that final fantasy 15 will really have had a profound effect on anyone no um but like when you look at When you start looking at the story that could have been, Mm. it's a bit—it's really frustrating. Yeah. Because you mean you know you look you look at a character like Luna, she was barely in the game. Mm. You look at Ravis, barely in the game, but those two have a good character arc that we Mm. didn't ever really get to see. We didn't get to see the character arc between Ravis and Noctis. We didn't get to see the character arc between Regis and Noctis. The only real character arc we got to see was Ignis. Yeah. And Noctis's kind of development. Throughout the game.
1: Yeah, and that was it. But no, there could have been so much more. I mean, like, they even failed on the fact that, like, they could have had more with Noctis and Iris' relationship. I mean, she was clearly jealous of the fact that Noctis was getting married. She was, like, unhappy about the fact that he was not going to be with her anymore. You know? like
0: Gladiolus is really egging him on. I
1: know, which is really weird. But, like, you know, there should have been a scene where she was confronting him about her feelings and, you know, that Yeah, it was just they kept,
0: they kept teasing. Yeah. They kept doing these little things where she'd, like, hint, but it never actually went anywhere. And they
1: went on two dates. They had more dates than Luna had with Noctis, but somehow Noctis and Luna should be together. Yep. <laughs> and then, like, I mean... Gentiana as well, like, there, yeah, there were so many missed opportunities there for a really, really in-depth sort of story and just presentation. I mean, you know, the whole thing with um, uh, Arania as well. Yeah. Like, just her leaving the Empire and just... She had a, a similar thing to Celeste, really. She was, like, you know, of the Empire. She probably did terrible things. And then she was just like you know i'm done i'm i'm done being there
0: yeah it's got too weird for me
1: yeah she's just like you know i'm i'm going to be i'm done being a mercenary i'm gonna help people now
0: but yeah so i i guess to wrap it up um i'd say final fantasy 10 final fantasy 10 yeah. for me had the most profound effect uh it's not necessary to say it's the best game yeah in terms of what it offered and everything but I think in terms of the the feeling it left me with, it was, it was the one where I just kind of thought, huh. Mm-hmm. And then cried my eyes out.
1: And I hate to use the same... <laughs> I feel like it's a cop-out to use the same one because I feel like we've just been both just gushing about Final Fantasy Ten the whole time.
0: Hey, we've been but positive like, about the other ones I too. I know we
1: have been, but like Final Fantasy Ten is just... If that's like the one that I I will always cherish i just love that game so much it was
0: the one that affected me the most emotionally Mm. but i don't think it was necessarily the best game no probably not
1: yeah for me it could be like i mean final fantasy nine as well was a great game but like yeah final fantasy 10 for me was just story-wise it it, that yeah that affected me I i am so so bad with words at the moment i'm so sorry it's okay lauren i'm so sorry
0: you're fine we're wrapping up now yeah we're wrapping up now
1: so now my brain can turn off yes i can go back to just watching mindless cartoons yes yes okay
0: um yeah so <laughs> music this episode is from final fantasy 6 the original song is forever rachel and it's performed by miyune and uh arranged by cedric menendez
1: oh i love my um oh, miyune She's so awesome. I'm
0: never sure if it's Miyune or Miyune.
1: Miyune, Either way, like, if you haven't checked out her YouTube channel... She's a great channel, vocalist. Oh, just check it out and do yourself a favor and listen to her rendition of Zero as well. It's gorgeous. From Type Zero. Yeah, from Type Zero. She's
0: doing a load of near stuff at the moment as well. Oh, I she's have just to check done, that out. She's just done one for Grandma.
1: So good. So good. Anyways.
0: But yeah, so um, the next episode of Final Fantasy Union is scheduled for the 16th of May... You can, of course, subscribe to Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union on the iTunes store. If you just search for Final Fantasy, we are the number one show. The number yes. one. Number also, one. please be sure to check out our YouTube channel, which is forward slash FFUnionVids, or just search for Final Fantasy Union on YouTube. Hmm. If you'd like to support the show and help us grow, please head over to Patreon. As I said, you can get access to exclusive shows that we kind of do once a month, where it's Laura and I doing one, one one month and then the Kingdom Hearts guy is doing one the other month. We've got giveaways, you can get your topic, actually you can come on the show if you want to come on the show. Lauren will send you badges for different things.
1: Yes, I have badges.
0: There's loads of different things we've got. Come
1: get my wares.
0: uh, And yeah, obviously if you want to catch out all the news, and if you want to check out all the news coverage that Braden pulls together, please check out the website, finalpensun.com. There hasn't been too much going on at the moment, but Mm. it's still good to keep up to date.
1: Yes, definitely.
0: So yeah, that's it. That's it.
1: All right, well, I'm just going to go cry while thinking about Fantasy 10 and how much it means to me. But uh, no, it was a good topic to talk about, I think.
0: Yeah, thanks, Josh. And yeah, if you've got any topics you want us to talk about, just tweet at us.
1: Yeah. Yeah, anything.
0: It's that simple. Mm-hmm. All right, so I'm Daryl saying goodbye. This has been a FinalFancyUnion.com production.
1: Bye, guys.